Hello, everyone. Dr. Stillman here with Jim Laird. Today, we're going to be talking about how to survive in the midst of chaos. Uh, the quote of the day is, truth is ever to be found in simplicity and not in the multiplicity and confusion of things. Isaac Newton said that. Jim, you wanted to talk about this today. Let's talk about chaos because we see a lot of people struggling with this right now. Well, I think just in general, our entire world is kind of um, going through a massive paradigm shift that we haven't seen in, in quite some time, if ever. And we're dealing with technologies that uh, are literally changing things faster than we could possibly imagine. I agree. So, you know, the tendency is to get caught up in everything that's going on around you. And I'm not saying not to be aware of everything that's going on around us, but you always have to focus in on yourself and what can I do to get better? What can, uh, can I do to make me a better person? What can I do to help my friends and family? Um, as opposed to getting yourself, you know, tied up in all the craziness that's going on. Cause a lot of that craziness is designed to control you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what you said is really important. You know, we see a lot of people, um, they get distracted by the, uh, the doom and gloom, uh, and they fall into, uh, unfortunate habits of fixating on threats and problems that are far beyond their control. People will do this with their health too. Right. And then they'll, because that pushes them back into their limbic system, which is the part of the brain that doesn't specialize in reasoning, specializes in very fast reactions to very acute situations. It's wired to help you survive bears, lions, tigers, snakes, acute problems that are, uh, uh, in, are found in nature, not in our artificial modern world. A lot of those, that wiring is manipulated by frankly, marketers to get people to buy things they don't need, right? Complacent, and, compliant consumer. Well, the interesting thing about that, right, is that there's this interesting, uh, they do want people to be complacent and compliant, but they also want them to be afraid. You know, the yeah. funny thing about the news is that it's constantly full of what we might call um, frightening information. Things Fear, just, fear porn. Uh, yeah, I just decided, I didn't, decided not to use that four-letter word. But yes, right? <laughs> and the interesting thing about it is they want people in a state of fear to continue tuning in or to continue buying, say, a product, right? We see this all the time in the medical world. People will be sold a product or a service out of fear, not out of reason and logic. Mm -hmm. and, and they're getting pushed back into and they're allowing themselves to be pushed back into their limbic system. And it takes actual conscious effort and work to stay in the frontal lobe where your higher reasoning function lives and exists. And a lot of the chemical insults that we see today, a lot of the dietary patterns, a lot of the lifestyle choices we see people uh, suffering from are crippling their frontal lobe's ability to function. Mm -hmm. When we look at something like say the fundamentals of wellness that we, you know, these five fundamental, fundamental foundational habits that we, drill into people because they're so important every single one of them has significant applicability to helping your brain function and staying in the frontal lobe rather than reverting into the limbic system the reason i like this isaac newton quote is that i think simplicity is at the heart of staying calm staying cool staying collected i constantly try and pull patients back to the simplicity of what do you want and what is meaningful to you think that a lot of the fear I see people 
uh, suffering from that pushes them into bad decisions, what that fear is, is, is doing or what they're allowing it to do is distract them from just the simple facts of the matter. So, for example, if somebody comes to me and they're uh, acutely ill or, or seriously ill, chronically ill, they're dying of something like cancer, the first thing I want to know is what is your goal? What is your life like? Uh, because that's actually more important in many respects than what the treatment course is. Somebody who has a lot of life that they want to continue to live and they have many things they want to get to and things that they're, that are really important to them. Someone who's determined to do the work, determined to get healthy, determined to beat their cancer. That's a very different patient than someone who is feeling defeated, fatigued, has been struggling off and on with depression anxiety, mood disorders, anything like that, because, and it's not that people who have cancer don't have those issues and can't then beat the cancer, but it's a different, uh, it's a different mindset. It's a different, um, psychological, let's call it terrain, uh, if you will. And the reason that's so important is that if you're going to actually motivate somebody to do the work that it takes to get well, whether you're talking about cancer or diabetes or heart disease, or just preventative medicine, you don't have any of those problems, but you don't want to get them. The key is talking to them about what they care about and what motivates them and why it motivates them and helping them map out what do I actually want to achieve in life and what's really important to me. Because so many people, they, they get, I mean, everyone's going to die and everyone knows that. But there's a lot of fear around how it happens and how short life is. And if you're going to get and lead a good life, you have to stay focused on the thing that's, things that matter the exclusion of the things that do not. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be, I mean, I see a lot of people making a lot of reactive decisions with serious illnesses because no one has bothered to sit them down and just say, look, you knew you, you know, you're going to die. This is not news to you. The question is, how are you going to live and what do you need to get done in order to have had a fulfilling life? And all of our people, for the most part, anyway, say they'd rather lead a fuller, more interesting, more exciting life than live as long as possible. So the point's not longevity. The point is actually meaning and um, meaning, really. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, what do we, where do we get this standard of, of, of life from? And our current society is, is pushing certain things, a lot of uh, pleasure, a lot of instant self-gratification, uh, a lot of things, a lot of uh, dopamine hits that are very addictive, um, you know, the phone itself is designed to get you addicted to it. So a lot of it is, is calming down and being quiet and, and stepping back. And, you know, simple things like breathing through your nose, being mindful, allowing you to observe things as opposed to being in that frontal lobe where you're making bad decisions. It's, it's no wonder when people start walking outside three times a day and they start working on their sleep, they make better food choices because they're not eating to medicate themselves or to make themselves feel better anymore. They're making a conscious choice. So many of the bad choices we see people, <clears throat> bad choices, habits, bad habits that are holding them back from their goals that we see people engaging in are really just a, a way for them to activate that frontal lobe again. And eating is a great example of this, right? It's a temporary uh, a, a means of activating that frontal lobe, raising your dopamine. And it doesn't necessarily put you in a, in a, uh, a space where you can reason better, but it definitely helps alleviate a lot of the anxiety and uh, depressive symptoms you can have when you're stuck in the limbic system. 
and that we see that all the time and, and we have to talk to people about well you, look it's not a matter of telling you to not eat or binge eat or eat at the wrong time of day or eat the wrong food you know this it's a matter of how are we going to change everything else in your life and not everything but enough things in your life good morning michelle uh, that people or that you will be able to make the choice that you want to make and not struggle so much with the temptation of whatever it is you're using in order to, uh, you know, get your mind back into a gear that you're comfortable with. Yeah. And a lot of that is just stepping back and, and making yourself present, you know, and um, our world is just designed to make you not present and just caught in that loop. You know, um, and it's um, you almost have to separate yourself away from the crowd and um, it's going to get even worse. It's going to get worse as time goes on. Um, so you're going to you're going to need to find like minded people that you can talk to and reiterate and and have a sense that you're not going insane. Um, so thank you for letting us know the audio is good. I appreciate that. So right. it's, it's you know not not to be not not to sound depressing or anything, but you know our world is going in a direction that is unprecedented and unheard of. I mean, it's the same, it's the same old story, right? Man playing God, right? It's repeated itself through history over and over and over again. The problem is is that finally man has the ability to has technology where the powers that be can play god with a small g you know they're flirting with it right whereas before there wasn't enough soldiers there wasn't enough guns there wasn't enough spies now everyone has the control device in their hand and they they hold the button right so it's a very interesting situation that uh that we're in at the moment and uh being self-aware and being healthy and being able to observe what's happening around you and not be caught up in emotional state all the time is going to become super duper important. Mm. So, so you just don't, don't uh, get washed away with the crowd. Right. And I think that, I mean, the key in my mind is that part of why I picked the quote that I did is that you have to focus on creating a simple life where your needs are very easily met mm -hmm. and not getting distracted by all the wants that people get distracted by mm -hmm. and being very clear about what your goals are because, and being, and limiting those goals. Cause as we talk with people about all the time who are working with us, oftentimes their goals are very unrealistic. Right. So we'll have someone who wants to keep working as hard as they're working, keep partying as hard as they're partying, keep doing and living as hard as they're living and yet resolve a chronic illness or disease. And, you know, we've both seen everything from toxin burden in a home or a, or a life, you know, just someone's lifestyle uh, to circadian dysrhythmias or artificial light at night, EMF, things like that. We've also seen, you know, psychological stress, emotional stress, unresolved uh, feelings or emotions. We've seen these things cripple people, prevent them from getting well. And uh, people have to realize that they, they, their goals may not be, uh, they may be at odds with one another. You know, we have people come to us say, well, look, I want to be, say, very fertile, but I also want to be extremely lean. Those are not necessarily compatible 
uh, goals. Or like I said, like I was saying before, you know, you have people who say, look, I want to be, you know, better from my insert illness here. I want to have you know, more energy. I want to have more libido. I want to have a clearer, sharper mind. But I'm not willing to giving, give up partying out at late at night. I'm not. Or I work. To, I work night shift. Right. I'm not willing to give up something like alcohol or certain drugs, um, anything from vaping to nicotine to whatever. And we can usually work around that. When I see it a lot on my side is the difference between performance and health. Uh, you know, I would have people come to me that were getting injured all the time. They weren't achieving their goals. And I would ask them, I'm like, what's your, you know, what's your number one goal? And they'd be like, well, I, I want to be able to like play with my kids. I want to look good in a bathing suit, right. you know, and they're training like they're getting ready for the Navy SEALs. And it's just like, look, you know, like if you don't eat like an asshole, you get outside a couple times a day, you walk a couple times a day, you know, you train and you lift weights at a moderate to moderate intensity. Once you sell, get yourself prepared, your body prepared, you can throw some intensity in from time to time. You don't have to train like Rocky Balboa or Arnold Schwarzenegger getting ready for a bodybuilding show to look good and feel good. I mean, you, you don't. I mean... You know, so a lot of people over the years that have come to me, it was a matter of, okay, you need to train in order to match your goals. And your goal isn't to be a pro bodybuilder or to be a, a you know, a, a Navy SEAL or to, to play, be in the CrossFit games. Now, if those things are important to you, there's going to be consequences and trade-offs, right? Right. And most people don't have the ability to make their whole life about training like a professional athlete. I know. Yeah. And they shouldn't. Because the thing about performance, professional level performance in athletics is that the price is extremely high. Yeah. Well, uh, and, a lot, and a lot of people, you know, those people, most of those people get paid. You know, like John Elway can barely walk, but he's worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So for him, that right. trade-off was right. worth it. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing stuff that gets them a t-shirt and destroying their body. And if that's what makes them happy, that's, 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 that's great. But, um, you know, a lot of times people just don't understand how simple it is to look good and feel good. They look at, uh, you know, and they don't realize too, that a lot of these people that are on Instagram, um, don't necessarily look, they may look great, but are not necessarily healthy or feel good. A lot of them are in pain. Um, there was a pretty significant influencer on Instagram here recently that had this big, and he was ripped. He had this big post about how he finally admitted he was addicted to sugar and he was binge eating tons of sugar and he was constantly in pain and that he finally needed to admit you know, that he was binging on all these things that his body was inflamed and he had to, to stop his sugar addiction. So just because somebody looks good on Instagram doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a good place. They frequently come to us for help. Yes. And there's often a lot going on under the hood that uh, is many times driven by their training, by what they're choosing to do. Well, and a lot of it too is they're getting their self-worth from their training. Like I always tell my athletes that I work with, the young ones particularly, you know, um, you can't make, have a person 
place, thing, or activity be your complete identity? Because any of those things, all of those things will fail you, right? At some point or another, you know, you're going to have an injury, your career is going to end, you're going to have a failed business, you're going to have a failed relationship, that car that you love so much, someone's going to sideswipe you. So if your entire self-worth and entire value comes from a person, place, thing, or activity, you're in big trouble, right? You have to basically build the value within yourself. And all those other things are bonuses. Um, they just can't be the foundation of your self-worth. Right. And we see that a lot. And we also see people deriving their, I mean, even if you derive your self-worth from multiple external sources, you know, a combination of the car, house, country club, you know, the school your children are in, you know, whether or not they were, you know, in some honor society. These are the things we see people creating their self-worth and their self-identity around without realizing that they're allowing their, their self-worth and their value to be dictated by external things. And those people tend to fall apart when the pressure gets really hot or hard or heavy or high. And, uh, they often have no insight into this and it's very important. I mean, we will be frank with them as much as we, we can, uh, that they need to actually work on that so that they're, because what they'll, what they'll do, right. Is they'll chase all these things. They'll overcommit. They'll overextend. They'll have no time. Uh, they're always rushed. They're always exhausted. They're always tired. They're always pushing through. They're always taking on more. They have trouble saying no. And if they do say no, it's often to the things that are actually most important to them, but they're missing, they're missing out on them because they're too connected to some aspect of their self-worth that's defined by something that uh, they have to commit a lot of time and effort to, whether it's a job or their athletic performance, what have you. Well, and the reason I can speak of all these <clears throat> things is because I've done them all. You know, mm. I've, 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 I've destroyed myself in multiple ways, so many ways you can't even count. Um, you know, I've, I've had failed businesses, failed relationships. And, and that's something people need to realize too. Like failure and struggle is what makes this, work, this life great because that's what makes you a better person. You know, it says in Psalms, not if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it says when, right? So we're not promised. And if you look at the song by the birds, which I believe is Ecclesiastics, which is for every season, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, 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 a, t- a season to love, a season to hate, a season to kill, a season for peace. You know, life is all about overcoming challenges and adversity. And once you accept the fact that it's not going to be easy, it's the process where you get joy going through the process and that happiness isn't guaranteed. You're, you're, you should be guaranteed the pursuit of happiness but it's the daily struggle and the grind that makes life worth living. Well, I think you have to learn how to enjoy that rather than enjoying the, because what we see over and over again is that people will achieve the thing they thought would make them happy and it does not make them happy. I'll be happy when I lose 10 pounds, you know, and they go out and then they pursue the next right. thing they think is going to make them happy. And this leads to a perpetual cycle of momentary gratification and perpetual discontent and disenchantment. Yes. Whereas if you cultivate a mindset of contentment, 
with the process, accepting that there's uncertainty, accepting there's ups and downs, accepting there's going to be good days and bad days, accepting there's going to be really difficult seasons. It's very hard to do in the difficult seasons, but that perspective that things are going to change is very powerful in helping people to maintain a positive emotional state in the midst of chaos, turmoil, and, and difficulty. Yes. So. Well, I think we need to move on with our day. We have some other things we need to film. It's true. We do. So thanks everyone for joining us. Drop your comments and questions in the comments section. Do you have anything else to add? No, it's just, we have a webinar coming up uh, on weight loss Saturday this weekend. Saturday, and if yes. you, uh, if you click the link in my link tree, there is a video that, or there's a video Dr. Stillman and I did. It's in his link tree as well on the five biggest mistakes we see uh, when it comes to weight loss. And mm. one of them is focusing on losing weight as opposed to changing body composition. Mm. But you can learn the other four um, by clicking on the link. All right, everyone. Take care. Take care.